Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 142, Catherine's Change Story, Intrusive Thoughts and Postpartum Anxiety. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode today. This conversation with Catherine, I feel like it um, it just is simple. It's deep. You can feel her grounding. And what I love so much about it is you can feel her sense of peace and security and okayness and understanding of who she is and how our experience works. You can feel it. You'll hear it from her. And all of her stuff isn't gone. You know, Catherine, um, as she'll share with us, went through a really dark time with postpartum anxiety, depression, intrusive thoughts um, after the birth of her first child. She's recently had a second child. Uh, It was a lot different the second time around, but, you know, she still has this stuff show up at times. But I just love, there's just such a, a graceful way that she has with it. And I think that's the best way I can describe it. You know, I just, I was really taken by our conversation and, and, um, and I've seen her through the little school of big change. I've read her blog. Uh, she writes an awesome blog about this understanding through the lens of a new mom going through what she'd gone through. Um, and I knew she really had seen something. And again, I just think it's so powerful when we can share what we've seen and you have a sense of, of the unshakableness of that. and. And, and, and at the same time, it doesn't mean you never feel anxious. It doesn't mean everything's easy all the time, you know, and that just comes through so clearly in this conversation with Catherine. So I hope you enjoy it. It's not only for people with postpartum issues. Um, I'm excited to share it. And I wanted that in the title because I know I just hear from so many people who have that and people who are postpartum, they're looking for that, right? It feels like a fit. But please, if you've experienced anxiety at all, if you haven't, if you've experienced intrusive thoughts at all, or if you haven't, you'll hear so much in this episode. And if you want to check out Catherine's blog, uh, I highly recommend it. And I'll add the, the link to the show notes. So enjoy this conversation with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about your experience. I know a little bit about it, but I know you've, you've seen a lot. I think a lot has changed for you in the last, I don't know, what's it been like about two years or so? Yeah, about three now, actually. Three, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, so it's great. So yeah, so maybe tell us a little bit about what you were struggling with, kind of how, how it all started for you. Definitely. So... I honestly had, um, I've struggled with anxiety really my, my whole life. I was a really anxious little girl. And, um, but then when I, when I got pregnant, it just seemed like things kind of, kind of skyrocketed a little bit for me. So I was very anxious. I had, had a lot of stories about, um, you know, worrying about losing the baby and just a lot of worries about doing everything right to make sure that the pregnancy was, was okay. And then, um, during the actual birth, I, um, I had a bit of a, a life-threatening sort of emergency and everything was fine. I mean, I, I actually did a home birth, and, but I ended up having to go to an ambulance in the hospital. And 
um, just to get the care that I needed. And um, I, after, so after the birth, I was on bed rest for about four to six weeks and I was very, very, very weak. And I, so I had to bring in my mom and bring in my mother-in-law and we, we, again, we had everything that we needed. I was fine. The baby was fine. I just needed to take it easy, but I just, you know, it was, it was pretty intense circumstances and the stories and the, the worries in my mind just kept kind of, um, expanding. And, um, quite honestly, I think that it would have been that way with or without a medical emergency in the birth, um, just because, I just worried so much in general about things and about, uh, about the baby. And, but anyway, that's the circumstance that it was. So long story short, I, I started to worry a lot about my, my heart um, because somebody in the, the, the medical emergency piece of the birth had mentioned something about a potential risk for my heart. And so I started to pay a ton of attention to any weird sensations around my heart. And that turned into uh, heart palpitations and panic attacks. And I also, um, I was just worried. I had a lot of worry about whether or not I was going to be able to take care of my daughter. So just a lot of worry and rumination about, about that and how long do I need to keep my mother here. And um, so before I knew it, I, um, I wasn't leaving the house. I, um, was dealing with really severe insomnia, very intense panic attacks. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty miserable. And the interesting thing is I honestly didn't even know that, that what I was experiencing would be called anxiety. Um, it just all seemed so real and so important. And my mind had all of these, these stories about, um, exactly why all of this made sense. And so it just, it just seemed, it was just my reality. And I, um, I also came from a background that was very much of the, the mindset that if you're, you're dealing with discomfort, you need to work it out. And so I, I had all of these tools and specialists that I was seeing. And thankfully one therapist that I was seeing mentioned this random anxiety podcast and that was the first time that I, I, it actually dawned on me that what I was dealing with was anxiety. And it was through that podcast that I heard about you because you uh, were interviewed on, on that podcast. And something about what you said just really, really resonated with me. And so that kind of uh, jump-started my journey into um, the three principles and kind of learning about about this conversation. So there yeah, that's, that's how it all Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting um, that you didn't, you know, you knew enough that it was uncomfortable that you needed mm-hmm. to get help. But gosh, it just speaks so much to how sneaky our mind is sometimes, how the logic, it'll find logic for whatever it's arguing, that it didn't even occur to you that it was anxiety. It yes. just looked like it was trauma and new motherhood and exhaustion or whatever it looks like, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had a master's in counseling at this point. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, my, my mind was very, very good at, you know, it, it had its argument all laid out and it made perfect sense to me. So yeah. yeah. So had you before this point thought of yourself as a warrior or anything like that? Because it sounds like you kind of were, I mean, you were worried before yes. the pregnancy. Yes, I did. I, I definitely thought of myself as a worrier. And I had been um, probably about five years before getting pregnant, I had kind of gotten introduced to the world of mental health. And so I had I had started exploring that. And I, I did feel like I was an, a, an anxious person. But then this whole circumstance just seemed really 
it all just seemed really special and really kind of like it was, it was something different. So it didn't, it didn't occur to me like, oh, this is just, this is just anxiety. It just all seemed really important. (laughs) Yeah. It also really strikes me when you talk about um, like the trauma that you went through. I mean, it's a, it's scary thing. It's a big Mm -hmm. thing. Right. Um, And then afterward though, things were okay. And I just had this image of like, now you're home with your baby and your mother and your mother-in-law are helping and, and the trauma's over. Like, like mm-hmm. it's fine. Everyone turned out okay. It's fine, right? Right. But just how how our mind just wants to kind of your mind got scared, sweet little mind, you know, and it yeah. just wants to keep talking about it. And now right. what? And when's the next time this is going to happen? Meanwhile, I'm imagining this happy little household with you know you and your mothers and your new baby, <laughs> and so it's just so cool to kind of see that difference from sort of the circumstance and then our thought created reality all the mm-hmm. time. Yes. Yes. No, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's cool to hear you say it like that. Cause that's what it was. You know, I was, I was home in my cozy little house, I, you know, with my baby and I had all but more help than most people could dream of. But, but yeah, my mind was just turning in circles um, with just all of these because honestly, that's that's how I've gotten through life. Was or that's how I, how I believed that I'd gotten through life is always kind of um, my my mind just trying to figure out uh, what it needed to do next, and kind of you know bringing up all the variables and and trying to figure you know all of these imaginary problems out. And so so yeah, so I was I was absolutely fine, but my mind was telling a very different story. Yeah. So how was it in those first? six months or so of being a new mother um, and feeling this anxiety, you were getting some help for it. Um, But yeah, what was that time like? Yeah, it was, it was so hard. It was, it was incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, And I, I think, um, you know, you talk all the time about how all of these different things are really the same and, you know, all anxieties, you know, it's really the same. And I, I completely see it that way now, but there is something about, you know, being, a new mom and, you know, having this, this tiny little baby and feeling, you know, and your job is to take care of the baby. And, you know, I, I can see now that I had absolutely everything that I needed. You know, it's it's so simple. Like, you know, I couldn't, I would almost have to try not to be able to take care of the baby, but, um, but yeah, my mind, I mean, it was just going, going bananas with all of these stories. And, um, so it was, it was really difficult, you know, between the the physical symptoms, the panic attacks, the heart palpitations, the not being able to sleep and all of the the self-judgment and shame that my mind would kind of dump on me at that point for, for having that experience. And, um, I was, I was asking for help a lot. I was having both my mom and my mother-in-law kind of fly in and out. And, um, so yeah, it was, you know, there were, there were sweet moments in, in the midst of all of it, you know, there are definitely good memories, but it was, but it was very, very difficult just, um, just because of the, of the stories essentially. And the, you know, just continuously trying to solve these imaginary problems and, and feeling like there, there was this really deep problem that I just couldn't figure out and that, that I should be able to figure out. Um, all the while not realizing that it was just my mind kind of turning in circles. Yeah. And I think then you have, like you said, you have this baby that's kind of your responsibility, you know, yes. and, and yes. if a mind's just jumping around looking at things to create problems around, I mean, what, 
what more important of a topic? What like it's just the, such a breeding ground for so much worry and fear. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know there was there there were the the big problems of you know am I am I okay? Will I be able to take care of this baby? You know, am I going to survive? But then also there were the little problems too that my that same activity of my mind would go to and just make such a big deal of, and I. I see it all the time, you know, on, on blogs for, you know, postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. Like a a classic one is sleep, my baby's sleep. Um, there's, you know, with the, the, um, the age of the internet, there is so much information about how, you know, how you should do things. And, uh, you know, a classic one is, is how a baby, you know, how many naps a baby should take during the day or how much sleep they should get at night. And, uh, oh my goodness, like something just so simple. Like it was just, it just felt like the biggest deal in the world. I, my daughter has always been very high energy, very highly alert. And, um, and she didn't want to sleep. She didn't want to take naps. You know, she was not interested, but I had this whole rule book laid out and, um, and she also didn't sleep well at night. And that felt scary for me because, um, even because all of the health practitioners that I would, I was talking to, you know, they just made such a big deal about, you need to get sleep. You need to get sleep, um, for me, because they thought that that was going to solve all of my problems. So then sleep just became this monumental I mean, yeah. <laughs> monumental issue. And, and it was, it was just, it was really so simple. My daughter just didn't need that much sleep. She still doesn't need that much sleep. And, and in reality, I didn't need that much sleep. Um, even when I was at my, my worst with not sleeping, I was fine. My, my body was just doing its thing and taking care of my daughter. But, um, but because of all those stories saying, this is not okay, this is not okay. You know, everything just felt so miserable. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I that's really have to. Yeah. It's so big. And it is, it, like you said, it's so well-meaning and yeah. especially as a first time mom, you want to listen to everything because you, because, Hey, here's an expert. Like, what do we know? You know? And, yeah. um, but it just strikes me too. Like when you said about your heart, that you would be really vigilant of your heart and then you had mm-hmm. heart palpitations. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you know, then we get really vigilant of sleep and what happens? We don't sleep. And it's yes. just so ironic, you know, that these things that are 100% natural, taken yeah. care of, like completely off our plate, like the beating of our heart and yes. when we fall asleep, but how our mind can try to take control of them and then we just get complete opposite of what, what's natural. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So how did um what started to help? Because this is again only a few years ago. So in in the early time, you know, it was really hard in those early months. Um yeah, what did you do or kind of start to hear or start to see that was helpful? Yeah. Honestly, the first thing that I heard that made a really big difference was starting to hear other people's stories uh, who were dealing with anxiety. And I mentioned that that one podcast that I found, it was called Not Another Anxiety Show. And it's just, you know, there were a lot of people on there that were talking about um, their experience with anxiety. And I would hear things like, I, I remember one time somebody made a joke about how it seemed like a massive idea or a massive thing to have to go out and get the mail or to make, you know, to make their bed. And, um, and I was dealing with that same thing. I mean, I was so scared that if I was to exert myself to the extent of making my bed, that, 
I, I don't even know what I thought would happen, but you know, that my heart would start beating and, um, you know, I'd have another panic attack. And so, but to hear other people describe that, it was so helpful because it, it took some of the, the drama out of it for me. I had no idea about, you know, thought or the illusory nature of thought or any of that, but just to hear other people have the same experience, it made it seem less scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge because at least it gives you a place to look like, okay, there's a, there's a thing going on here because other people have this thing going on, you know, like the thing going on can look scary or it can not look scary, but at least there's a thing rather than just the flood of confusion. And like you said, it just looks like life. And then it's like, no, it's anxiety. And, you know, so I can see how that'd be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, it really was. I'm curious what you think about, because you mentioned that now you kind of see things in a bigger way to where anxiety is anxiety. But but does this feel, as you know, a lot of people talk about postpartum anxiety as if it's its own separate thing. And, and it does have its own features because there's a, a newborn baby in front of you mm-hmm. <laughs> and your hormones are different and stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how does, I guess, how does that look to you now postpartum? Does this look to you like it was about postpartum anxiety or something? Cause I mean, you were worried before you were, before you had the baby. So right. I don't know, I'm curious how that looks. Yeah. To be quite honest, not at all. Not like, and that's actually one of the reasons that I decided to start blogging is I feel like the, the primary message that I received and that most women receive when they, when they start having this sort of experience after having a baby is that there's an illness that, um, you know, you have this illness called postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression, kind of like you have the flu. And, um, and then it just kind of further cements this idea of there's something wrong with me and, um, just kind of, you know, I, I know for me, it just sent me on this sort of, um, chase of just trying to solve a problem that I, I truly believe don't actually, uh, didn't actually exist. Um, so, so no, I see it as, as you said, it is, you know, there are differences. You do have a, you know, a little baby to take care of and there are hormones and there's, there's no question about that. But I honestly believe that, um, that there was no specific illness. I don't even think there was a specific hormonal imbalance. I think that it was just the way that I had learned to cope with life and the stories that I had about life and about myself, they just, they, they just weren't true. And so when it came to this new task of taking care of this little baby, all of it was just kind of, uh, kindly in a way, waving itself in my face and just saying, this, this isn't true. This is not how it works. And, um, so, and that's why I wanted to start blogging, honestly, because I wanted to put a different message out there, um, you know, for people who might be interested in, in looking at things a different way. Yeah. And I'll share the link to your blog. It's really good. Um, I think it's so important because you're right. It's like when it's postpartum anxiety, there's just so much more added to it. There's like, it's a thing, uh, like, you know, like a disease, like you said, or there's a syndrome that you have. Um, it looks like it's it's absolutely related to just having had a baby, which I've talked with so many, and we'll talk to you about this because I know you have two now. I've talked to so many parents who are now having their second and third and they're scared to death because, mm-hmm. oh, I had anxiety after my first and it's postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. So of course it looks like it's going to keep happening. And you know, I just you can see how it just adds in so much thinking than to mm-hmm. just be able to 
zoom out and see, yeah, you're feeling all kinds of stuff. But like you said, it's there waving itself in your face saying, hey, like see, see me for what I am because I'm, I'm not so bad if you really look at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, on, quite honestly, the experience that I've had, as difficult as it's been, has been the greatest gift I think that I could have ever received. Because it, it, wa- it wasn't just um, raising a baby that I was bringing this perspective of life towards. It, it was everything. And, um, and it was just so, so complicated and so inaccurate. And so um, I think it was, it's been a huge opportunity to just see what's you know, what's not true, um, that I was, I was believing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so after you listened to the anxiety show podcast and you kind of said, okay, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Like I know things have opened up even more from there. So what are some of the other things you've kind of seen along the way? Yeah. So, um, I would say one of the first big things was, was the illusory nature of, of thought, um, or just kind of seeing, watching my mind and how it can make up, um, you know, just how it makes up things. Um, and they seem so real because it's pulling from all of the data, all of my past experience. And, um, but seeing that was, was enormous. Um, I can remember one time actually sitting and I was trying, um, uh, another specialist, or I was thinking about trying another specialist. And I was uh, sitting in my chair kind of thinking about whether or not I was going to go. And in one second, my mind made up this really great argument about all the reasons why I should go, why I should, you know, see this new specialist and whatever. And then, um, and then it kind of, that chatter kind of died down. And then it came up with this amazing argument as to why I shouldn't. And it just occurred to me, wait a second, like I just, I just made two equally strong arguments on the, you know, complete opposing sides. And, yeah. you know, normally I think I would have thought, oh, well, the second argument was just better, but, th- but I was able to see for some reason, no, like this is, you know, this is my mind's job, but it just, you know, it just kind of, it just creates and, and it seems so convincing, but both of them are just, are just creations. They're just, you know, arguments. So that, that was really, really helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you, um, did you have a lot of intrusive thoughts and things like that when you were having anxiety or was it more just kind of general worry? Yeah, no, that's, that's honestly been the biggest thing for me, I would say. Um, there was plenty of the general worry, but, but I had a ton, a ton of intrusive thoughts. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a topic that I think is so big to talk about too, because it's one of those things that when we have intrusive thoughts, it's so interesting in a way that they're around the things that we care the most about, like a new baby or like our health, or, you know, are we going right. to, we have a health problem or whatever. Um, and something in that makes it feel um, conf- like, like so true in a way, mm-hmm. because it is so close to our heart. Yes. Yet at the same time, when we can step back, like in this kind of conversation, we can step back and say, oh, well, of course, that's going to cause you the most alarm and the most anxiety when it's about what if I hurt my baby or what if I have a heart attack or something, of course, right? But when you're in it, you know what I mean? It's like just the sneakiest thing when you're in it. 
Oh yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. So is that what a lot of yours were they around your your the things you care most, like your health and your baby and oh, things? Oh yes, yeah. No, for me it was the the primary one was um, was that I would hurt my hurt my my daughter. That was the biggest thing. And um, and another I so it was that, and then it was also I had a lot of worries. I have a a family history of mental illness. And, you know, some pretty, you know, pretty severe events, I would say. So I, um, so there were a lot of, a lot of worries also about losing my mind. Um, what, you know, whatever that even means, but, um, but yeah, so, and it, and those two kind of fed into each other. I mean, they, you know, you could see how they would be related, but, um, but yeah, so it was both, both of those were just extremely, um, yeah, just extremely vivid, extremely, extremely terrifying quite honestly, to the point, I think that if I was to have gone into a traditional specialist, they, they might even have tried to diagnose me with postpartum psychosis. Um, because I, I think the, um, you know, if you, if you look closely at the definition of that, it's essentially having these really vivid, scary thoughts to the point that they feel real. Mm -hmm. Um, which of course now with my current knowledge, it's like, well, of course, I mean, that's the brain's job to make everything look and feel real. Um, and so, but yeah, but they were, uh, very, very intense and and very scary. So could you see, um, it at times, could you see that they were just thoughts or hot, like in the middle yes. of them, you were really kind of convinced and in them, but yeah, would you kind of pop out and see that that was just a thought? You know, I would say that I would, I was always able to see that it was just a thought. Um, but which to say that it seems like you would think, well, then it shouldn't feel so scary, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it, and, and I honestly, I think that's probably that, that belief is probably part of the reason that they stuck around for so long is that, okay, well, I see that it's just my thinking, so it shouldn't feel this bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I always, I, I was always aware that, you know, it was just my thinking, but, um, but it just felt so, so scary. Um, and it just, and there was always that argument of this shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't have these thoughts. I shouldn't have these feelings. And, you know, if I really understood this, they should go away. And, yeah. um, but yeah, but, but the, um, the sensory abilities of the mind are just really amazing. Just how, you know, just how it gets that adrenaline up, you know, the fear, the terror, and it just feels so important. Yeah. I'm know? so glad you said that. Cause I think that really is like, um, if I, if I know their thoughts, why does it feel this way? Why do they keep coming? All the yes. should and shouldn't and all of that. It just puts so much more pressure on it. And, yes. and it's not accurate. And it's, it's hard because it's a paradox. Like it is true to some degree that as we wake up and see thought as thought, it doesn't bother us and say, like, we have a new perspective on it. And yes. And so I feel sometimes like I, like I'm out there talking about that all the time because that does happen for people. But, but see, our mind can then take that and use it against us. And like, well, right yes. now I know it's a thought and yet it feels horrible. And it's, it's just not, it's not a black or white thing. You know, it's yes. like we yes. can be in, in the middle. We can know it's thought. And like you said, we still have a brain that's just fueling it with detail and sensory information. And sometimes we're a little more backed up and it looks less scary. Any experience is fine, but yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's tough sometimes. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And honestly, my intrusive thoughts have been a big gift in and of themselves, I would say, because it's kind of helped me to realize that 
it's helped me to realize just how much my, how attached my mind is to, um, to kind of fixing problems or trying to fix itself. Cause like you said, it does, it's amazing how the mind can just kind of bring in data and, and then almost create a problem. Not only do you have the intrusive thoughts, but then you have a new problem of, well, you know, I, I'm learning all of this about thought and the three principles and yet they're not going away. So then that's almost like a separate problem to start solving. Right. Uh, and um, so I, I think, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how the mind is just always creating, you know, the more that it learns, it, it will still always create new problems to solve. Yeah. Just, um, just more it. sophisticated <laughs> ones or something. Yes, yeah. Highly, like highly use in your new, your, bring in your new knowledge and then build that <laughs> into a new worry. I know. Exactly. It's <laughs> exactly. It is. It is. <laughs> so, um, so as you explored the principles and this more and more, um, yeah. How, how did that kind of change things even further? Yeah, I would say, um, well, one thing, so that, yeah. So there was the realization that, you know, of, that that really no thought is true, as I mentioned before. And then one thing that I remember when I start first started the little school of big change, I remember you talking about, um, or you, you made a statement that wisdom is living you. And um, I, at the time, I didn't talk much in the little school of big change, but I I remember raising my hand and saying, you know, what what are, what are you talking about? Wisdom is living me because I just had this very. Um, I, I had lived my whole life believing that the little voice in my head was the one that was calling the shots, was the one that was essentially keeping me alive and making all the decisions, making my body move. And when you said that for the first the first time, I just, I had no clue what you were talking about. But as I've stayed in the conversation, and it's been a while now, I mean, over two years, I think. Um, and, it, but it's it slowly started to to open up and to clarify that, wow, yeah, there is that this little mind of mine is not calling the shots even, even a little bit, um, that there's something much deeper, kind of an internal wisdom and internal knowing that's, um, that's making my body move. That's, that's kind of leading me through life. And, um, and that's been really, really transformative to realize, um, to, and, and helped me to take a little bit um, to, to put a little bit less emphasis on this mind and the stories that it creates, whether they're intrusive thoughts or worries about my baby's sleep and, and just kind of watching my body make these, always making the best decision that it can, given what I know, what I can, what I can see. And that's been, that's been really, really helpful. Yeah. I love that because it's like, if all, if we think that mind is running the show, of course, we're going to pay so much attention to it. Yeah. So that's why I think it's so funny sometimes when, um, you know, and not maybe funny is not the best, best way to say it, but it's, it's not very effective when people are like, oh, it's just your thinking or it's not true. Like, of course, that stuff's true and it is helpful mm -hmm. to hear that. But until someone sees there's another option, they're not going to look away from their head. None of us would if we right. think our head is what's doing it, right? Like you're not. Yeah. I can remember when I had anxiety too, like, being so hypervigilant of swallowing and chewing and making sure I didn't choke and my heartbeat like you. Yeah. How it didn't dawn on me that for the first 22 years of my life, I never did those things. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, in those yes. moments, <laughs> it looked like if I don't pay attention and chew my food enough, I'm going to choke and die. Well, yeah. if that's how it looks, of course you're going to do that. So yeah. yeah, to back up and see, wow, no, there's wisdom. There's something else running the show. It just lets us off the hook of our mind so much. 
Yes. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And it, you know, it took me so long. I I started to see it little by little. Um, but I can remember even this, this one specific experience where I was kind of sitting on the bed and I had one of my daughter's little toys in my fingers. And for some reason I started kind of wobbling. It was like this little troll. And I started kind of wobbling the shoulders so that the head would move back and forth. And it occurred to me, I don't know why I did that. Or like, you know, my little mind, like, why did I just do that? You know, my, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't have a thought that told my body to do that. Um, so even aside from the breathing and the, you know, the swallowing and any movement, it's just, you know, I just really believe that I had this little commander in my mind that was, you know, kind of, you know, telling my, my body to do everything that it does. And it, so it was little things like that, 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 and I started to see, wow, like this is, I, I don't fully understand what's going on, but it's definitely not this little voice in my head that's, you know, leading my every move, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned too that, um, that for a long time, it looked like your mind would stop or it would change and then you'd feel free, which I think is a really common thing. But then at some point you sort of realized, okay, no, my mind's gonna, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You tell me, but my mind's going to do what it's going to do, but the freedom's kind of coming from a different place. So I don't know, say more about how that looks yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I've kind of realized how attached my mind is to, um, almost like, I don't know, almost like to, to having a problem and then searching for freedom. Um, and so I, I it's, and that's actually something I've seen just really recently that, um, I think I, for so long, I kept waiting for this one specific insight that would make my mind go quiet, that would make my mind seem less believable. And, um, that would make my mind get on board with the program, essentially, like kind of get on board with all of this cool stuff that I've been learning. And, but just recently it's, it's kind of occurred to me to watch and see how even to this day, my mind will just put on this fireworks show of, you know, what, whatever it is, intrusive thoughts or um, worry. And then um, a second later, it's like talking about, oh, you need to go, you need to go listen to a podcast. You know, you need to go, yeah. uh, you need to go read this article again. Or, and it's this kind of continuous chase um, inside of itself of like coming up with a problem and then going to find a going to find a solution, and I've, I'm starting to see. I don't I don't really know that it's ever going to stop doing that. I think for whatever reason that it's it's really attached to that, and it, it it feels it feels good. It's kind of like an addiction in a way of kind of you know that um, that build up the anxiety and then the relief of of listening to something that sounds really good and that kind of resonates with who I truly am, and um, so. Quite honestly, even to this day, like the thoughts that I have will still really scare me. Um, like I, if I'm if I'm fully truthful, but um, but I'm starting to, or I, I'm catching on to my mind's the the game that for whatever reason my mind plays. If for, for some reason it really wants to protect this this identity of being somebody who you know has mental health issues, who has problems, and but then who's really vigilant about going and learning new things and, you know, becoming wiser. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's really fascinating. I love that though. I mean, minds just don't like to change. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. (laughs) They put a lot of energy into building up that identity and bolstering that identity. And, you know, it's just a machine that wants to be efficient. It doesn't want to give you a new identity and have to get on board with that. Um, But I love that, you know, the thoughts still scare you. And yet the way you talk about it is like, um, there's no way that that 
like that can't just continue to break up. Like you're so on to the illusion. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't fall into it. And, you know, right. we all do. We all do. But I just keep getting this image of like being in a movie theater and you used to be like face up to the screen in the first row. And now you're like behind the projector. And the yeah. scenes still can be scary scenes, right? I mean, they oh, can yeah. still look real. Oh, yeah. But you've been sitting behind the projector <laughs> long enough that... Yeah, like it just, you just keep getting more and more onto it. And I just, yeah. I think that's how it goes for a lot of people. And I'm so glad you're saying that because like you said earlier, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest obstacles sometimes is our our ideas about how we think it was supposed to go. Me, meanwhile, we're seeing a lot, like things are getting so much better, but our mind isn't okay with that. Our mind, like you said, our mind still wants to make it a problem. Like, no, this isn't how change was supposed to happen. And that's right. just more of, more of the same. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Completely. <laughs> so how was it? You had an, your second baby uh, in the summer. So how how was that? Like, did you, were you anxious leading up to that? Did you think, oh my gosh, I might have this experience again? Or how did, how was that then? Yeah, I was, I was a bit anxious leading up to it. I think that, um, it, it, you know, and the experience was, it, it was really, really, I knew that it would be different, um, but I just wasn't sure exactly how it would be. So I um, honestly, even up to having my second, the intrusive thoughts were still a really big deal for me. Um, and and that, that was something that was a big deal. Uh, it just took up a lot of space, I would say, emotional space in in the early um, the early months of my second daughter's life. So that was still there, but it was also very, 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 very different. Um, I, you know, I I had seen enough to where I wasn't worried about having the exact same cookie cutter experience um, because I knew that I knew that it wasn't a disease. I knew that it was the experience and how it was before. You know, with my first daughter, it it, it was all a production of of, of beliefs really. And, and kind of, um, an understanding of who I was and how the world worked. And I knew that so much had already fallen away. So I knew that it would be different, but at the same time, I was still dealing with plenty of stuff. So I, you know, I didn't expect it to be like a complete walk in the park and it it wasn't. Um, but again, not because of some sort of disease, um, more because of, of just, um, of just misunderstanding about, about life, I guess. Yeah. And I'm yeah, guessing you I, didn't you didn't fall into the like baby has to have perfect sleep, perfect eating like no, you did because that's no. just all we get that the second time around. We're like, oh, this kid's fine right, <laughs> relative, right, exactly. relative to the first anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, that that's been very, very different. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, yeah. I love hearing this. I mean, I just I think it's going to be so helpful for so many people, and I especially love again that it's not this like super tidy, perfect, like, oh, those thoughts just never occur to me anymore. <laughs> because right. and hey, that is some people's experience, but right. it's right. not most people's experience. Most yeah. people's experience is exactly what you're sharing, but but maybe not with the insight that, hey, this is an okay experience. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like yes. so for people to hear, no, it's fine. And hey, it, you're gonna feel it again and it might be there, but we just get to keep being more and more curious about it. And then it's there and you're a little more free from it while it's there. Not free from it, but you're free with it because you see it differently. Yes, completely, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And we'll, I'll share the link to your blog um, for anyone that wants to read about this because it's super helpful. 
Awesome. Thank you, doctor. I mean, thank you so much for your work. It's, it's made a, a huge impact on my life. So thank you so much. Hey, did you know that my two flagship programs, the Little School of Big Change and the Change Coach Training Program now have self-study versions? That means you don't have to wait until the next live group starts. You can get instant access to the Little School of Big Change curriculum or to an extensive set of lessons and coaching sessions in the case of the Change Coach Home Study course and start seeing more right away. The best part, this is awesome, is that you get to go through the self-study versions now or whenever you're ready and then also join the next live guided versions of these courses. So your investment for the self-study course goes toward the price of the live course if you choose to upgrade. It's a total win-win. You can get this content now, do whatever you want with it at your own pace, and also let me guide you and support you and lead you through it when it's time. I'd love to see you try out one of these self-study courses. You can find links to both of them in the show notes.